Hello, friends. You're listening to the Lincolnite Podcast with me, Ronnie Byrne. If you're listening on a podcast provider, please remember to hit subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review. But if you're listening on the Lincolnite website, you can find the links to your preferred podcast provider at the bottom of this page. Earlier this week, I had the honor of speaking to actor, voiceover artist, narrator, and all-round great guy Colin McFarlane. We spoke about everything, Colin's family, career, and some of the incredible experiences that shaped and shifted the trajectory of his life. I will say, after our conversation, Colin told me off the record that he has some pretty great projects coming up. I've been sworn to secrecy on a lot of it, but I can tell you that you can expect to see Colin very soon in, and I quote, a comedy show for Channel 4 from the team behind another massively popular Channel 4 comedy show hitting screens soon. That's all I can tell you. I don't know anything about the new show, but I do know about the aforementioned massively popular Channel 4 show, and it's huge, so keep those peepers wide open, friends. We had a lot of fun. I got to hear some of the iconic voices that Colin is famous for, which was ludicrously fun. Friends, Colin McFarlane. Well, the man himself, the legendary Colin McFarlane, sir, how have you been as of late? Uh, I've been pretty good, um, you know, busy, running around, around, running around doing lots of very different things, as well as the day job, which has made it very interesting. So I think we last spoke, we were trying to, we've been trying to do this for a while, have we not? We have indeed, we have indeed. And then I think we almost were going to do it the other day, and then suddenly it was like, oh, it's the Chelsea Flower Show. Um, so that was an event I've never been to in my life, um, mm. but because my father is now a full-time carer and is caring for my mother. Right. One of the many organizations that have helped him over the last sort of two to three years of it being pretty bad, um, one of them was the RF Benevolent Fund. So a lot of people right. in Lincolnshire will know there's a huge RAF connection, and I'm one of those people with that too. So my dad was in the RAF for 30 years. So mm. in fact, I think when I was four years old, I landed in RAF Cranwell. Right. That was the sort of first Lincolnshire posting we had. Then we went all over the world. We did Germany three times, Cyprus, Holland. Uh, and then eventually his last posting was back in Lincolnshire, but we weren't on an RAF base. We were living in mm. North Highcombe, which is where they still live now. Um, so he applied to them for some funding for a ramp for my mother's wheelchair. Right. Um, and so since then, they've been in touch with me just saying, can you do bits of promotion for us? And I said, sure, happy to do that. And then this was the latest thing was Chelsea Flower Show. And I said, well, I've never been to it. It'll be interesting to go and see what it's like. Um, mm. Had no idea what I was going to encounter. But it felt like it was, um, it must be what finals day at Wimbledon is like. You know, all the right. celebrities are out. <laughs> right. And it's all, and then you get, uh, it's a mixture of celebrities and other people who clearly this is on their social calendar. Do you know what I mean? So yes, it's, I they call exactly it. What you mean. I didn't know, but I, I've now been told that Monday is members only day. Oh, okay. So, That's so hence you, you yeah. it's quite very exclusive. It's members only and the royal family. But of course, oh, um, the Queen didn't turn up on her little. You probably saw the pictures of her in her little um, yes. buggy. Um, she didn't turn up until after sort of. I think after four o'clock, when everybody, you know, when the plebs had gone, yeah. um, but gone. <laughs> we were there from nine o'clock. But because my dad is eighty-seven and quite fragile these days, um, I'd love to have sort of stayed longer and looked around. But we had to kind of get off with him at lunchtime because he was flagging. But he was—it was an extraordinary day. But he—I've um, uh, never seen so many celebrities kind of come up. Well, my dad didn't recognize half of them. There were so many, and because he was in his—he's <laughs> in his RAF uniform. So, of course, what they did is we had to basically be on the RAF Benevolent Fund garden where they built this yes. wonderful statue by John Everest. I mean, it's, it is stunning. And I didn't realize it was based on a 3D scan of his son. So his son and the sculptor were both there. And then there's the gardens that surround it. And we were then, myself and two other um, actors, uh, people would probably know them from Fiona Dolman, who plays the wife of uh, the detective in Midsummer Murders. So the, the latest Midsummer, she's been doing it for, she told me, 10 years now. So she was there because her father's in the RAF. And then Sue Holderness, who you probably would know from Only Fools and Horses, who was Boise's wife. She right. was the other guest because um, she's also got three members of her family who were in the RAF during the Second World War. And they all survived, which is amazing. Oh, really? 
So we all read something and sort of supported them. And then we helped, you know, talk to various bits of press. And so my dad was there in his uniform. So, of course, everybody wanted photographs of my dad. Um, So uh, he went, I can't remember them all, but Joan Collins was probably the first person that stood with him. He had Joan Collins, Stephen Merchant, Amanda Holden, um, uh, Vicky McClure from Line of Duty. Um, who else? There's so many. Um, it's probably got company to keep. Oh, it was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Sophie Rayworth, the news uh, radio, yes. you know, BBC One newscaster. Mm. Um, Sophie Alice Baxter. I mean, on it went. So he was yes. on his feet all yeah. morning. So by lunchtime, of course, the poor chap was exhausted. So anyway, that's what was that was my my uh, was that Monday or two? yes, that was my Monday. Mm. Um, so that meant because I was doing that all sort of work stuff, voiceovers and acting and all of that stuff gets kind of backed up. Hence, it's been a bit crazy. And of course, as, yeah. You know, and as you know, I'm now, after I speak to you, I've got to prep for the Lincolnshire Business Awards, um, which is Indeed. tomorrow. Um, so I've only just received a script, as I was saying to you earlier, um, a little bit late in the day. Um, so I've got to do a bit of prepping on that this afternoon and have a chat with them later on after we've done this. Of course. I want to ask, like, how good does it feel to be back both to attending events like this and also hosting and comparing events like this? Because it has been a while with everything that's been going on. You know, the last two years haven't exactly been ideal. It, it must feel sensational to be to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I always have mixed feelings with it. I've turned down a lot of things because I had to be so careful. Um, mm. Because even though we all know it's subsided, people are still unfortunately getting COVID. So my next door neighbours, for example, uh, here in London, um, he... He's actually bizarrely from Navenby. He's from Lincolnshire, which is so rare because most people in London don't even know where Lincoln is. So to have a neighbour that's small, from Lincolnshire world, is yeah. quite strange. <laughs> um, but he um, he had it, I don't know, six months ago or something, and his wife didn't get it. And then literally about right. two weeks ago, his wife got it, and he didn't get it. And, right. you know, go figure. They live together, and one gets it, the other one doesn't. So mm. the point is, I think we all know someone more recently. I think we all know people who've had it. So I think... yes. It's a difficult one because I've turned down a lot of things and I said, well, I'll do this because I'll be in Lincoln seeing my parents. Um, I think that my only concession to um, you know, trying to be careful will probably be that I'll probably not shake hands. I'll probably do the old elbow thing because they, yeah. we know it passes in the air, but they say the most, the, the easiest way for it to pass is shaking hands. So as yeah. I'm meant to be meeting a lot of people... <laughs> On Thursday night, um, I'll probably make an announcement at the beginning and say, it's nothing personal, but I won't be shaking your hands this evening. Um, But no, other than that, yes, it's great. Um, It'll be great to to be in an event and for us to feel like the world is returning to normal. Um, I think it's that weird thing, isn't it, where we all thought the world was returning to normal and then Mr. Putin decides to start a world war. And then we all kind of go, oh, God. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just as we thought we're coming out of it and we can start to get back to a normal life, we still have this yeah. slight spectre of what's going to happen next hovering over us all. So it's slightly weird. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of old mates because um, I left Lincoln. I don't know if you know, Ronnie, but I was... Um, I probably next think... Because uh, people often say to me, when I lived in Lincoln, people used to say to me, are you here at the theatre? And I'd go, mm. no, no, I live here. Now that I've left here, right. people go... <laughs> Don't you live in Lincoln? No, I left. Um, so it's quite funny. So I, I from 1979, um, yeah. was where I kind of lived here permanently. Um, and was it, it's when I started university in Loughborough. So that's how I always remember it. And I was at Loughborough sort of 80 to 83. So we arrived just before I started university. And my parents, as I say, are still in North Highcombe. I then lived off Rugby Road on Queensway. Right. So I lived there for up until about five years ago. And then basically, because my children got older, um, and I'm the breadwinner, my wife does a lot of stuff, but she doesn't earn the money as it were. So I was kind of like, well, I'm, I've got all these different properties and I'm not actually in Lincoln all the time. Why am I paying for that one and this one? <laughs> so I thought, hmm, maybe I should downsize. So that's when I decided that I would, now that the kids are older, I would sell the main, the family home in Lincoln. Fortunately, I have yes. a little two up, two down that I kept um, and so when COVID hit, I was renting that out. I, I bought that in the 80s. And then right. I thought, you know what? Maybe I should actually um, do that up a little bit and, and have that as a place to go to. Now my parents aren't well. So that's proved mm. to be a godsend. So at least I now have a little bolt hole that if I have to go up in an emergency, we've had quite a few of, few of them, um, then I've got somewhere to go because my mum was in and out of hospital 
in December four times. Nightmare. Um, so it was great to be able to just get up there and not worry about COVID and all that stuff. Even though I've got loads of friends who go, come and stay with us. You're going, well, it's not really fair. We've all got to be a bit careful. So, of course. Yeah. So they are. Yeah. Where, where do you regard as home then out of interest? And say so you, you flip between a fair few places, but where, where is home to Colin McFarlane? Well, I was born in London, in Hackney, mm. but never lived here. And then su- surprisingly, where my house now is, is probably five minutes from where I was born which is just completely surreal. Um, So I would say, I would say I have several homes. I would say my, my, my spiritual home is definitely Lincoln because Mm. I've been there for such a long time and I have all my roots are there now. I mean, I got, I did the Lincoln mystery plays there and met my wife who was producing them. Um, We then got married in Lincoln cathedral. Our son was then christened in Lincoln cathedral. Uh, My father was given his, honorary degree in Lincoln Cathedral. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, so there's so many connections to Lincoln. Yes. You know, we got married in Lincoln Cathedral. So, um, so I would say Lincoln, uh, but I've always, from the moment I left Loughborough University, which is what, 83, 84, I came to London as the obvious place to try and get going as an actor. So London was always the base. and I always went back and forth to Lincoln and then eventually bought somewhere in Lincoln first and, and continued to do that and then eventually bought somewhere in London. So I've always had that twin thing from the age Mm. of 18 I suppose but prior to that I would say my childhood home was Cambridge because I went to school um, at a school called the Purse in Cambridge I went to boarding school because my dad was in the RAF so he yes my dad very cleverly said look you know I want you and your two brothers to have a good education and as you know in the RAF you move around a lot so Mm. he said I don't want to have your education constantly interrupted so um I'm going to try and see if I can find a school in England. We were in Germany at the time. So my dad came over here on his own and literally just traveled around England looking for the right school. And yes. the, the REF have this education allowance, which I don't think is as big as it used to be, sadly. But fortunately, when I was younger, it was. And they paid for roughly two thirds of your school fees, but they wouldn't pay for the boarding fees. So my mm. father, mother and father had to sort of really make a sacrifice and go, right, we will not ha- we will not have holidays <clears throat> in order to pay for our children to go to private school right and wow. so that was from 73 to 79 80 mm. yeah it's it is pretty wild i don't know what it is about lincoln you know i've sort of moved around a little bit but there's something about either driving down the a46 or as you're coming on the train you, you know when you just see that silhouette of the cathedral mm-hmm. i don't know why it's like a warm hug every time it's like a warm hug it's a really strange one are you a um are you a Lincoln City fan? That's a that's an interesting question I had for you. I didn't know if you're a, a follower of a follower of football. I'm a big football fan. Um, I I've always said that in terms of you, as you say, when you see the, the Lincoln Cathedral, I've always said that anybody that comes to Lincoln, it's kind of like got a magnet underneath it. Um, mm. Very few people seem to leave Lincoln. <clears throat> you might True. go off somewhere else, but you always kind of come back. Um, and I think um, oh, I'm just going to actually when I'm talking to you, I've just realised my email pinged, so I'm going to. Post that for you. This we're, we're, we're live, people. We're live. So there you are. And it's not going to ping while I'm talking to you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, Lincoln definitely has that magnet underneath it. So, uh, but yes, coming back to football. Yeah, I I love all football, actually. So I'm not a traditional football fan in the sense that, um, well, A, I follow two teams. I follow Lincoln City and Manchester United. And if you follow a football team, you're normally meant to hate the local rival. Mm. And I am actually just a lover of football. So, for example, if you follow Man United, you should hate Man City and you should hate Liverpool. But I love good football, and they play really good football. So I enjoy. So I'm not a. I'm not a. I said I would not. A, I would say I'm not a tribal football supporter. I'm a genuine lover of football. Um, so Lincoln City, I've always followed on and on, on and off over the years. And I remember it was actually. It was the year that Alan Shearer came to Lincoln City to play a friendly. So he'd just been bought by Newcastle United and Kevin Keegan, one of my heroes, uh, was the manager. And the deal was, I think they took one of our players on loan, and the deal was that in pre-season, the first Newcastle first team would have to come to Lincoln to play a friendly. So Mm. of course it sold out, and I remember buying a box and filling it with all my mates, and my son was probably two or three years old, and the relevance of that is that... um, he, we were in the box, and if you've never been to Lincoln City boxes, but you can't go out of the box onto the terraces. Yeah. So you're yeah. In, you're enclosed. 
So you can flick a little switch and get a bit of the sound, but it's not the same as being outside. Right. Um, and my son was like, Daddy, I want to hear it properly. you know. And he was like a little boy, like I say, it was three mm. or four or something. So I said to everybody, look, Josh wants to go outside and hear it properly. I'm going to go onto the stands for a bit so we can just, you know. So he went out of the box and walked around to try and hear the, you know, the atmosphere outside the box. Yeah. And as we did that, Newcastle United got a penalty and right. Alan Shearer <laughs> stepped up to score his first Newcastle United goal and I missed it. <laughs> because my son wanted to get more atmosphere and of course you being a little toddler i couldn't really say no so yeah having paid for a box which wasn't cheap it was like i don't believe this i've missed the moment so anyway that was um so i but it didn't uh, yeah i know i've never forgotten that story and i guess i would remind him of that every day of his life do you I know what i mean um so that was anyway so i've always had this kind of i guess the actual relationship with lincoln started even before that because when I was at boarding school, strangely enough, one of my mates, with the, I still remember him because he had an unusual surname of Toos Hobson, no idea where he is mm. now, but they followed Lincoln City. And so I right. remember the Graham Taylor years because he would always go on about it. So that was weird that I sort of knew about them before I kind of came to Lincoln properly. And then more recently, I've gone to more matches because a friend of mine, um, Neil Everett, was uh, he's now sold the company, but he was the CEO of Serenity, which is a local Lincolnshire yes. business. Yes. So they sponsored them, and it was literally doing my weekly... I used to go back and forth, Lincoln to London. So mm. I would be like on a... I'd normally take Mondays off, Tuesday lunchtime, Newark, train down to London, and then Friday lunchtime, back to Lincoln. That was mostly my regime if I wasn't filming, etc. Um, and then on one of these trips, two of the Serenity staff had walked through first class and went right oh um aren't you colin mcfarlane weren't you in batman i'm like yeah um they said can we have a selfie i went yeah yeah of course so i did a little selfie had a little chat off they went then bizarrely a year later exactly the same thing because they're going to the same conference 12 months later they saw me again and went oh my god that's said, hilarious where are you going this time <laughs> the same conference you saw us at a year ago i went oh that's crazy <laughs> so they said well what now we've got you are uh, we told our boss about bumping into you and we know you're mm. a football fan from your tweets and stuff and he said he has a box at lincoln city and if ever you want to come and see a game he'd love you to be his guest and i said that's very sweet of him and i said well if they have a decent cup run or something i might come and see that and that was just the most crazy statement because that's how it started is that we, I think Lincoln had a replay. The Lincoln City um, hardcore fans will remind me, but I think it was, we had two replays, Brighton and, and Ipswich. I can't remember yes. which one I went to first. Whichever way around they were. I went to the first re replay. I'm seeing Mick McCarthy on the sidelines. So was it Ipswich first? Anyway, whichever one I went to first, they won the game. And I said, I'll keep going as long as they keep winning. And that was the yes. year they had that ridiculous that run, the run all the mm. way to the quarterfinals. So I saw all the games, and then we got to the point where I went, I mean, there are hardcore fans, many of whom I've met, who go to every away game come come rain or shine, and I hats off to yeah. them. Absolute, absolutely brilliant dedication. dedication. Um, and, and I was going, oh, are we slipping into that territory? Because I've now got to go to Burnley. <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> I know it's exciting, it's a premiership team, but... Oh no, it's a long way to go. I feel like a real fan now because this is a long way to travel. And what if we, <laughs> what if we lose? It's going to be a horrible journey back. And so I was with a mate of mine who sadly has now passed away. He used to be a, a lawyer yeah. in, in Lincoln and uh, a guy called Phil Hamby. And he, um, he ran a law firm called Andrew J and co. And he was a massive football fan. He said, look, I'll drive. And if we lose, we'll just have to get back to Lincoln and get smashed you know to get over yeah. it and we went yeah all right it's and then neil had sorted out we you know we were very lucky he sorted out a box for us and we we went great mm. we're gonna go and see them in style and we drove up there long drive we're a bit knackered but we get there and then this is the bit i'll never forget is that neil's wife joe everett says to us i had a dream last night um, and, we'll, and i said what i dreamt the score and we're like come on okay what, what did you dream she said i dreamt that lincoln are going to score in the 89th minute and win 1-0. And we all went, yeah, right, well, that would be good. That's what happened. Did and she told us before the game. And that's Did what happened. No, because we all went, yeah, Not one of you never going to happen. Because I think Burnley had just beaten Chelsea the week before. 
And it was like the Premiership team was like, we're no chance. We're non-league. Um, and then it's exactly what happened. So we, you can imagine we went right. ballistic. And, and at being a Premiership ground, you could step out of the box onto the terrace. Yes. Yeah. And the other bit I remember that wasn't quite so savoury was that all the Burnley fans, we thought it was raining, they started spitting mm. on us. Can you imagine that? I know. You're going, what's going on? And literally, they were spitting on us while we stood on the... Oh, that's hey, so dirty. I'm sure regular fans will go, well, that's what you get when you're always in a box and not on the terraces, you know. But anyway, it was an amazing experience. And um, yeah, so I've, I've sort of followed them ever since, but with COVID the last mm. two years, um, even when things relaxed a bit, I still was reluctant. So I've been to a, few, a handful of games this season, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. If I actually, strangely, I think if you're outside on the terraces, then I probably would go to more because it's it's safer than being in the box. Strangely, but that's normally my Absolutely. mate that invites totally me to go. Agree. So yeah. you know, so it depends. Yeah. See, I will say as a fellow Manchester United fan, you're a lot more magnanimous than me in the way that uh, you say, "Ah, oh, I just like good football. They play good football." Whereas that last day of the oh. season, it's like, "Oh, it could be Man City. It could be Liverpool." For me, that was like Sophie's choice. Like I, I, I couldn't get into that mindset of like, "Ah, oh, the best man win." It's like I don't want anyone to win, no matter what. I lose today. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. And we've had a. T- I mean, and both well, both United and Lincoln have had terrible seasons, sadly. Um, so mm. I, I normally get some joy out of one of them doing well. And this season, both of them have it's done. Been rough. Have been abysmal. It's been rough. <laughs> it's been really rough. But both with new managers could be good. Could yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we'll see what happens next. One thing I will admit that I, I never knew about your career. I knew that you, you know your career spanned decades. I knew about the films you've been in. I didn't know that how many video games that you've done voices for, including one of my favourites ever, a game called Broken Sword. It is very old. It's like a point and click adventure. I loved that game. Wow. I had no idea that you did the voice of Dwayne. That was crazy to find out. So I wanted to know, in terms of the acting that you do, what is your favourite format to work with? Is it voiceovers for things like that? Is it stage? Is it screen? Which which feels the most satisfying? It's a very good question, and it's changed over the years. I do, um, I do a lot of computer game voices, but I actually... I don't play any computer games. So I rely on my son, mm. Josh, to tell me, he'll go to me, Dad, I just heard you on Blah Blah. Did you do da 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 da? And I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm it, over my head because I don't play them. So I yeah. never know if it's a major game or. So sometimes I will say to him, I'm doing this game. Is it a big deal? And he's going, oh, yeah, Dad, mm. that's really big. You know, like, okay, fine. Um, so no, I, I, of the different things that I do, I guess there's computer games, there's cartoons, there's narrations. There's, you know, bedtime stories I do for a particular app. Mm. Then um, I'll do readings for Radio 4. I've just done some for Radio 3, actually, which go out beginning of June. Um, wow. So I do lots of... So I think it's changed. Theatre would definitely have been, and simple answer to your question, theatre would have been my first love. Mm. Uh, that's definitely what got me into acting. Uh, I still... If you stick me on stage, it's my backyard. I'm yes. completely comfortable. The only thing that's changed is as you get older, learning the lines definitely gets harder. So that, it believe, becomes yeah. <laughs> a bit more of a deal the older you get. Mm. I mean, when I was young, people used to go, how do you remember all those lines? You go, oh, that's the easy bit. The tough bit's working out the character. Yeah. Now as I get older, you go, yeah, it's hard work. Um, so I'm probably less running towards theatre than I would have been mm. 15 years ago. I, the last yeah. theatre show I did was a West End uh, show about... Um, it was a Harold Pinter season with lots of TV stars in it and stuff, and that was really exciting. But that was, I did that because they were very short plays, which which attracted yes. me, and it was a short run. Uh, mm. I don't, I've never really wanted to be in a show for like twelve months in the West End. That would be a nightmare for me. I like the variation, mm. um, so I think now I'm probably leaning towards TV and film. It's a mixed thing because it depends what roles you're playing, but generally speaking. I'm enjoying that more because you can sort of, well, it's, you, you, you're not flying without a net as you are on stage. So there's yeah, less risk in that sense. And then also I've done some amazing theatre shows over the years and nobody sees them, you know, relative to your TV. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, I've just done some, I've directed shows as well and produced shows. And it's always frustrating that you, now these days they're streaming things and more people can see them. But Certainly when I did a lot of theatre, we do some really amazing stuff and you go, why couldn't we have shared this with more people? So that yeah, could be frustrating. Yeah. So, so yeah, TV, film, I mean, you, you, you mix it up when young people say to me, I want to act, how do I get into it? You know, what do you, I, one of the first things I always say to them is try and um, diversify as much as you can because you're not always going to be... There are many aspects to what we do. Um, voiceovers, clearly, I didn't know about this when I first started acting, but I used to... Not, not unlike what you're doing now in the sense of when I was at university, there was a 
university radio station, I guess, like a Siren FM. Um, yes. It, it was yeah. called it was called URL University Radio Loughborough. Um, and I was doing it. I know. I still remember it. URL. Welcome with the Cool Down with Colin show. That was my. That was my <laughs> name of my show. The cool Down. The Cool Down with Colin it's show. Not the um, it's not the I tell you. And so I love DJing, and I did that because um, you know you, you know you join university and you go to all those freshers things. There's all these different organisations, yes. and there was like University yes. Radio, and I went, oh, I'd quite like to do that, but I knew nothing about it. Um, and that was probably one. All my mates used to say, oh, God, you sound so good on the radio. And I do, my mates would record my show. And I mm. do re I do requests to all of them. I'd be like, you know, if you're walking past the um, the Purple Onion was the name of our little kind of calf. I go, if you're walking, walking past the Purple if you'd like a request, buy me a cheeseburger and I'll play something for you. And I literally get all my mates bringing food into me. <laughs> um, and that was great fun. I did that for sort of two years. And then they closed the radio station down. Mm. Um, and they said, don't worry, it's refurbing, but it'll be open again before you finish your degree, you know, before your three years are up, they never reopened it. And the, and the frustrating thing is I'd gate, all my mates took copies of my shows on cassette. That's how many years ago it was. <laughs> and and one we never did anymore, I went to them, my friends going, hey, can you give me some of the cassettes back? So I've got no copies of my show. And they all went, no, we want to keep them as souvenirs, right? So I literally don't have any copies because all my friends took them. Um, so I never got to get back on radio. <laughs> uh, and then it was from that, I used to DJ as well as in, in the halls and stuff. Yes. And so yes. when I, I think it's when I graduated and someone said, there's a thing called voiceovers and, you know, you did a lot of radio, maybe you could sort of do that. And I went, well, what do I do? Oh, you have to audition for a voice agent. So that's mm. how that began. And I mean, that led to all these different things. So, I mean, I, I just, funny enough, at the, the Chelsea Flower Show on Monday, um, you know, Charlene White, who's the newscaster who does Loose Women as well. Um, yes. Black yes. newscaster, yeah. very lovely lady. I've never mm. met her before. And she's got two kids, four and two. And I said to her, oh, well, if you've got under fives, um, you'll know me very well. And she said, what do you mean? She said, I do lots of cartoons. She's going, oh, which ones do you do? And I said, well, I do Peppa Pig. Oh, who did you do in that? Oh, I do Mr. Lion, who talks like that. Hello, Peppa Pig. <laughs> um, and, then I, and then she said, what else? I said, well, I do Hey Dougie. Hey Dougie, we watched that. Who, who, who did you do in that? I do Rody's granddad. Slight West Indian accent, you know, he speaks a bit like that. He said, right, who else? I said, Little Princess. Little Princess? Oh, we love that. Who are you in that? I said, pretty much everybody apart from Jane Horrocks. And she said, well, which ones? I said, I do the French chef, huh? Who talks like this, huh? Little Princess, get out of my kitchen, huh? Shoo, 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 shoo. And then I'll do the guy, you know, who's a kind of slightly laid back West Indian. Then I'll do the Prime Minister, who talks very much like that. And then I do the General, who sounds slightly camp, and he talks a bit like that. And he has a horse called Nessie who goes, mm -hmm. I said, that's a little princess. Well, what else do you do? I said, well, I do Tom's the Tank Engine. I do Bulgy and JJ. I do Zack and Quack. I do Belly Up the Frog. I do Mike the Knight. I do Sparky the Dragon, who's also West Indian. And Sparky talks a bit like that. <laughs> Hello, Mike. How are you today? And then I do Fireman Sam. I do PC Malcolm, who's quite young and enthusiastic. And he talks a bit like that. Um, and then I said, I'm doing a new one at the moment. Um, which I can't say the name of, but that's for CBBS, um, yes. and we're doing fifty-two episodes of that, and that's that one. I won't say. Well, I get in trouble if I tell you what it is, but I will be able to tell you next time we talk. Um, so yeah, so I did a ton of cartoons, and so you go from doing that, then doing your commercials, um, and the whole thing. Yeah, it all mixes around. I'm just going to turn my game down a bit. Look what I'm talking to you. Look, I'm so good in the studio these days. Just thought I was going slightly loud for you. Um, so yeah, so I do all these different. <laughs> Voices. So actually, as you can see now, I'm talking to you on my microphone, just for those yes. listening to our podcast. Um, so this actually came about during COVID. Um, mm. Because I used to have a studio in Lincoln, under the stairs, in uh, nice. Queensway, under the staircase. I had a studio for emergencies, really. So that, uh, And it came into its own one year when it snowed and I couldn't get to London. So I used mm. to do stuff from there. But then when I moved to London, lock, stock and smoke and barrel, then it was like, I don't need any more. So I got rid of everything. And but kept fortunately the Neumann microphone because that was very expensive. Yes. Yes. Um, and then when COVID hit, it was like, oh no, I can't work. I can't go to the studios. So I then did a bit of research and set everything back up. And actually, it was a lot easier this time because technology's moved on. So in Lincoln, mm -hmm. I had to have an ISDN box, which allows you to communicate with America, London, etc. And now, of course, I can do it all online. So I've got a Audacity software for those engineers out there. I have a Destiny software connected to my iMac desktop. I have the Neumann microphone, and bang, off you go. 
Um, Audacity's so, great. Audacity's free as well. Yeah. People, people don't realize that. It's great software. Yeah. It doesn't cost a thing. Yeah. So that sort of changed my life. So, yeah, but flipping back to your question, <laughs> which, of course, I take forever to answer. Yes. So I love doing voice stuff. Um, I, I TV and filming, so I'm moving that direction. Theater, still, yeah, if something, right, I got asked to do something the other day, and I went, it's going to have to be an amazing script to kind of yeah. get me back on there because I know how, how much work it is. Um, and yeah, so I, I think I've, I've moved a little bit in that direction, but you know, it's very, when you get spoiled and you can do things like the cube and just do it from your home studio and, earn you know, mm. far more money, of course, in an hour than you can probably earn in a week <laughs> doing a theater show, then you've got to have a really good reason. It's got to be, a, it's got to be a really brilliant play that you think is going to change your career direction in yeah. some way. Um, mm. But speaking of your ga your computer games, there's something I will share with you. I can't do the name of it as usual, but I have done. <laughs> I know it's so annoying. We're not allowed to say anything anymore until they come out. You get the occasional job you do where they go, no, you can tell people, but on the whole, it's like sign an NDA. You mustn't tell anyone. Yes. yes. So I'm I'm working on a computer game that I started three years ago. I think it is now, um, mm. and this is one that my that my face will be in. Oh really? So we've done the whole mocap motion capture yes, for yeah. those people who wow. don't know what I'm talking about. So it's motion <laughs> capture and you put on a black suit and you put little lights on you and you know, um, I'm sure you've all seen it in the making of behind the scenes on films and so on. So we do all of that so that they can get all of my face movements, my body movements, and then they put me in the game. So I've now seen some of it and it is surreal watching mm. yourself when you know it's, you know, so I'm seeing my face. They've given me some weird hairstyle and, and some glasses. Cause I'm a sort of, professory type character um and it's as usual some huge crisis going on um but of course i can't tell you what it's called but um that i i i think i'm hoping it'll be out where are we now uh may i'm hoping it'll be out by the end of the year but i they but they won't tell me they just they do all they said to me is we are on the kind of final lap mm. so i know most computer game releases they try and go for a christmas you know, if it's a big one. So I hope it will be out at Christmas. Um, I'll is come this back a game that's already been announced or is this a game that's yet to be announced? No, I don't think it's been announced. I think they've done some teasery things out there for those computer fan, computer games fans who follow these things. Mm. But I, it's not been announced. I'm not allowed to tell anybody I'm in it. Um, and I think it's been through two or three different game developers. It's one of those, you know, they've, they've, they tried to do it and it wasn't quite right. They went to somebody else. And, you know, so it's been through... The guy that first cast me is no longer on it. He's now working on another game in Spain. So it's right. been through a lot of changes. So I don't know how it, what it's going to look like at the end. Um, but yeah, they are still working on it. And there's a massive team of people working on it. It's incredible. Mm. You know, the computer game industry is, is massive. But yeah, for sure. That's exciting because up until that, up until this game, I've only ever been on them as a voice as opposed to being in it. Yeah. You know, facially. So that'll be interesting. That's interesting for sure. You're absolutely right. That, that word professor, that says a lot. I, I, I've got an idea, but I'm not going to say it, obviously. But uh, but uh, yeah, my uh, my final question, final question for yourself. So obviously you've got all this going on, all the cartoons in the world. I can't believe I just got to hear the voices. That was a really weird <laughs> and cool moment. I enjoyed that. Thank you for that. Um, in terms of just screen work, when can we expect to see the man himself on our screens next? Well, you, you, you can still, well, actually, the, the beauty of On Demand, of course, you can catch me in many places <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And say we had Dodger, we had not going out, and say we had tin we had toast the Tinseltown as well with Matt Berry. Well done, you see, you've done okay. your homework there. So yeah, oh, you can you can <laughs> you can hear me as the uh, the the wonderful Witch Beacon in Toast of Tinseltown with Matt Berry, um, <laughs> which is just a crazy crazy character that I hope if you want to laugh, just tune in. But yeah, you have to. If you've never seen Toast of London, you're going to wonder what the hell is going on. Um, so if you're a newcomer to Toast, I do warn you, go and see Toast of London first. Um, at least watch a couple of episodes and then watch Toast of Tinseltown. So yeah, that's on Dodgers on uh, iPlayer. They're both on iPlayer, as is as is not going out. Um, yeah, there's loads of stuff you can find out there. There's, the, of course, the movie I did with Liam Neeson. Commuter is still, I think, on... The Commuter is still on, I think, Amazon. Um, yes. Obviously, Batman's being repeated everywhere all the time, which is great. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, but in terms of what's coming out next, uh, as usual, I can't tell you the name of it, but I'm doing a drama. <laughs> I know, so boring. I'm doing a drama for ITV. I can tell you it's for ITV. Mm. I just can't tell you what it is. Um, and I'm filming so, that at the end of July. Yes. Uh, and okay. it's a, yeah. a little cameo. I'm not, I would say I've probably got about 
six or seven scenes. It's not like massive, but it's kind of it's pivotal to what's going on, so it's kind of fun. Mm. Um, and then um, I've just been up for, which is what was, I think we were trying to speak last week, and that's when this big casting came in. Um, if I get that, then I would definitely tell you about it. Um, but <laughs> you never know. You see, the trouble is now, a bit like, in effect, we're now in the sort of home studio mode with voices, of course, with acting. Slight downside is that you now have to do self-tapes. Um, and people yeah. say to me, what's a self-tape? And you go, well, it's basically you have to record your own audition. But I always get annoyed by the term self-tape because it really is very difficult to do as a self-tape because yeah. ideally you do need somebody else. So you really need someone else to read the lines to you. And mm. uh, I've got a tripod I set up and, you know, have a blank wall in my living room and yeah, I've got lights and stuff. And um, But anyway, I was the trouble with self-tapes is that you can be going along as we're doing today and then suddenly a script comes in and you're often given a deadline and suddenly yeah. you've got your day planned and it's like, uh, they need this by tomorrow say not no or more. two days. Yeah. And, and I'm a perfectionist. So I know a lot of actors will just read it off the script. I have to learn it. And I think it's, mm. everyone has different process and I have to, for me to, for, it, for the character to go into my body, as it were, I find I have to learn the lines and then I feel I'm the character. But then yes. that takes me a couple of days to learn the lines. So you, you can imagine sometimes they'll go, we want it tomorrow. And you're like, oh, then you're literally up all night <laughs> trying to cram this thing like you're doing your A-levels again or your degree, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so self-tapes are a bit of a nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I've been up for a few things. I don't know what's happening with those. So, you, you know, I just have to wait. And so filming-wise, only one thing I know for sure is happening. Um, I've got a... Uh, for those I don't know, I don't think it's, I don't suppose a large amount of your audience will listen to Radio Four and Radio Three, but who knows? Um, <laughs> but I've done a reading for I've done some readings for Radio Three for something that I did it actually I think, week before last. I think um, I've right. never um, done it before, but it's a show called Words and Music. He sent me a little link so I can have a sort of taste of what the show's like, um, and basically he he selects the producer selects fourteen different pieces. So I did. Hmm. Something from Shakespeare. I did. I won't say it because it's unlucky. But I'll, the Scottish play. And <laughs> people always say to me, "Why is that unlucky?" I'll tell you in a minute. But the Scottish play, and then I did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy extract, uh, an extract from Black Books, the comedy show I did years ago. Um, then it had a couple of uh, readings from poets, and so it's a whole mishmash of stuff along a theme. A theme of yes. keep calm and carry on is the theme of it. And then right. you do the readings, and then he mixes in the music. And I think the whole show's about an hour, so he's editing that at the moment. That's going out beginning of June. Um, but yeah, for those um, lovers of theatre, um, the reason why I never say um, the name of the Scottish play is mm. because I always used to think, ah, superstitions, come on. And I was at Loughborough <laughs> University doing said Scottish play and playing the lead role to some sixth form mm. students, and I'd rehearsed it for two months. And then the ghost, if you know Maccas, as I call it, in in the um, in the the scene where he sees Banquo's ghost. For those of you who don't know the story, basically he's a murderer, and he's murdered uh, the 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 king to take his his throne to take the crown, and now he starts seeing a ghost of one of the people that kind of knows he did it, who's also killed. Mm. And in that scene, he has a tankard, and the tankard has to drop. And all through rehearsals, and at university, our rehearsals were for sort of two months because you weren't rehearsing every day and we had a, a fiberglass tankard that i drop every yes. day and i kept saying this isn't going to break is it no it's not going to break for two months it never broke got to performance mm. dropped it shattered everywhere <laughs> and i'm in that scene having to crawl around on my hands and knees so i did and i ended up with cuts yes. on both hands and on my knees and the audience thought it was part of the show they Yikes. literally thought, wow, what amazing blood effects. And it was real. <laughs> uh, so that was the first thing that wow, happened. this guy genuinely looks really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the first thing that happened. And I thought, well, it's still just a one-off. It's still, I'm sure it could anything. Mm. And so I still kept saying the name of the yes. play. And then I did a professional production when I became a professional actor at Birmingham Repertory Theatre uh, many years ago in the 80s. And again, I was saying the name all the time. And then this is slightly darker version we on opening night, they were uh, they were basically re they were doing up the whole of the centre of Birmingham and the conference centre was being rebuilt and so there was scaffolding mm. everywhere. We were doing the opening night. They didn't tell us until the end of the show, 
But at the interval, when the audience went from the theatre, I think you sort of went upstairs to the bar, out of the window, believe it or not, on our opening night, somebody was hung from the scaffolding. Jesus. Right. <laughs> and that's when I went, okay, weird yeah. things seem to happen when I do this play. So you know what? I'm just not going to say the name anymore. So I, I, yeah, so I don't say it. So I do now record it, the Scottish play, and throw salt in the name. from the name. Anything gone wrong since then? Or just... uh, well, I haven't, done, I haven't okay. done the play. I went to see the play recently, but I haven't, um, I, I, did a, I did that extract from it, but I didn't have to say the name mm. as such. So, um, but yeah. That's a blessing. Yeah. That's a, yeah. There you go. So the other thing I <laughs> didn't tell you I'm going. doing, sorry yeah. if you asked me about TV and what else I'm doing. No, of course. Um, yeah. The other thing that's quite exciting that um, I did in, I mean, I've seen it online, so I'm sure it's all right to say that I'm doing it. Um, everybody probably knows that I do the cube in the, or the voice of the cube for the game show yes. for ITV with Philip Schofield. Well, one of the interesting things that happened during lockdown was uh, they sold the idea to the Americans. Right. So okay. we then started doing the Cube USA, as we call it. Um, mm. And that did its first series. It went out sort of, I guess, the middle of lockdown or something. Um, so we're now recording Cube USA Series 2. That's um, congratulations. Yeah. And it's, but it's a very yeah. different uh, vibe to the English one. They have uh, Dwayne Wade is the presenter who most people here won't know unless you're a basketball fan. I didn't know who he was. Um, mm. And I said to them, well, you know, how well known is he in America? And I said, is it like David Beckham? And I went, oh, that's a perfect example. I went, oh, really? I went, yeah, because his wife is also a film star called Gabrielle Union, and she's also well known. So the two of them are a kind of a bit like a, you know, yeah. Posh and Beck's vibe. They're, They're very, very connected yeah. and plugged in. And anyway, he's he's the host of it, and I think he's also an executive executive producer on it. And he does an amazing job. And so we've just um, started doing that. So I'm not sure when this next series will go out. I'm not sure how you get to see it here, because obviously it, it goes out over there. But I think they repeated this first series on HBO Max. So those people who stream hmm. might be able to find it. But um, but it's very different. And what I love about it is I get to do two voices. So in the English version, I'm very much like, um, let's think. Um, Ronnie, you have nine lives and three simplifies. Do you have what it takes to beat the cube? So I'll do that sort of voice, right? For the English. And then occasionally, yeah. they've now added in that Philip will talk to me and go, Cube, you know, how many lives in this? And I go, yes, Philip. Well, this one takes. And that's still a similar voice. With the American one, they went, mm. actually, we'd like to have a very different voice for the box itself. And I was like, what? But we've been recording for ages. Um, and then suddenly this thought came yeah. from you know some exec in the states and we were like oh, but we don't have a voice so we had to t it took us ages to kind of come up with something and i wasn't quite sure how what what voice would it you know what's a cube gonna sound like um sound like, yeah. so we listened to all the you know c3po um how from right. 2001 <laughs> all the computer voices you can think of and then the one that struck me the most that i wanted to get close to was um Night, the Night Rider. And if you remember, are you too young for Night Rider? Um, no, Kit. Yeah. But David Hasselhoff series for those of you who don't remember it, and he had a talking yeah. car called Kit. He did. And uh, it would often talk to him like Dan. Go, yes, Michael. I'll do that when when you're ready, Michael. And it was slightly camp and slightly light voice. And I thought, oh, there's something about that that kind of works. So I kind of now have a voice that's kind of like this. Like, so he's called Dwayne, but I'll be like, be like, so Cube, you think these guys are they're looking a bit confident? Cube, what do you think? And I'll be sort of like. Well, I don't know, Dwayne. Uh, they're probably not as confident as I am. But it's that kind of slightly neutral. So I'm sort of here, but I'm not here. And so I have to kind of talk like I'm off, not quite engaging with you, but I'm sort of talking <laughs> to you. So it's slightly otherworldly. So sometimes it can be amusing, and sometimes it can be quite eerie. So that's I'm the kind of... definitely hearing the howl from 2000, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 So it took so. a while to kind of find it, but, but we, we eventually kind of landed on it and went yeah that's the voice so i sort of do that voice as the animated cube voice and then i'll still do the kind of you know now previously i'm the cube but i'll yeah. just do it with an american accent so that's kind of different and that's that'll be, i don't know when that'll be out but obviously that's not for this market so um people have to find that online but yeah those are the things i'm working on at the moment um and then of course after you it's prepping and preparing for the lincolnshire business awards which i think is the first Indeed. time they've ever done a live 
event. Um, so when they, because when they contacted me, they said this is a, a new thing for us. Um, so it will mm. be exciting to be there. Um, well, I guess when this goes out on Friday, I'll be saying to you, we did it last night. So, <laughs> so hopefully yeah. it went very well <laughs> last night. It, it, it went perfectly, I'm sure. Yeah, it went out without a hitch. <laughs> Sir Colin McFarlane, thank you ever so much for your time today. Thank you for doing the Cube impression as well. I never want to ask that question, but God, I love it. I also love the idea, something that I never knew. I love the idea the Americans watched the Cube, looked at that glass box and went, make it sentient, make it camp. Something else I also didn't know. Well, it's me that says it's camp. They may not agree. They may oh, not agree may, it's oh, camp, but oh, I, camp I think it's thing. slightly camp, but th that's just me. Um, you should have thrown the argument out to make it West Indian. You should have thrown that yeah, argument out. Yeah, that would have been interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, uh, which actually reminds me, actually, just just to finish off, because you just remind me as I go into my West Indian, that um, <laughs> one of the cartoon voices I didn't give you, of course, was another West Indian voice, is a cartoon called Milo, which goes out on Channel 5, like the little princess in the milkshake slot, for the, those of you with under fives. And I got this lovely tweet the other day from a, an ex-university lecturer who then just put a little tweet saying, Hello, Colin McFarlane. I'm driving my grandson to school today. And both of us couldn't wait wait for you to say your opening line on Milo. So I play a character called Suds, who's a washing mm. machine. And every episode, it's a bit like Mr. Ben, for anybody who remembers Mr. Ben, that yeah. he would always wear a different costume every week. So they kind of turn right. up, and um, every week I have to put different clothes through my washing machine. And the ones mm. they put on, they go on and have an adventure dressed as a fireman or an accountant or whatever it is. And so... Every time they turn up, I always go, hello, my bubbly buddy. My, no, what is it? Hello, my bubbly buddies. What have you got for me today? And so I always do some variation on that. And there's got this lovely tweet from this university lecture saying, we say that line along with you every every week when we, when we hear you on Milo. And I just thought that's the beauty of when you can be a, a, a voice for the under fives because you, you mm. can walk into a... I, I go to schools a lot to do, when I was doing my stuff with my charity, Making History, which is a family history charity, and I'd often yeah. go into schools and, and you can see if it's a primary school, you know, little kids see this big black guy coming and they're going, oh, who's this person? And so to chill them out, <laughs> you always have to go, um, well, I know you don't know who I am and you certainly haven't seen Batman, but you might have seen some of my cartoons. And then I start doing the voices and it's brilliant because you can see them go, I know the voice. But I didn't know it came yeah. out of this big black man. Um, but then it chills them out and they start laughing and suddenly, you know, and it came in really handy, actually, when we were doing um, Dodger for um, CBBC. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, I play a, I play a cotton mill owner. Uh, it, Dodger is basically a reboot of Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist. And if, mm. if you haven't seen it, I mean, I'm in the first episode. I think it's 10 episodes and it's very funny as well. And, and, um, and it's the episode where I had to learn to ride a horse, which is a whole other story. But anyway, um, and we were doing this scene in the mill where I have to be particularly nasty. And I have mm. to, and I've got a big tash on and I've got sideburns. So it doesn't look like me. And I've got a hat and I'm in all the period costume. And I'm being particularly kind of, and I've got our hero. Um, um, what's his name? You know, what's the little boy called? Suddenly got out of my head, you know, in Oliver Twist. Uh, uh, um, why is it just going? You know, we all know him with the hat. Um, uh, Jack. Um, uh, it'll come to me. Gone. It'll come. Gone. But we all yep. know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, the one who has to join up with Fagin on the streets. And and why is his name something out my head? Because I'm talking about two things. Anyway, as I'm basically watch the program and you remind me what it is, you can tweet me and let me know. Um, but when when I'm when I'm busy uh, pushing him underneath this cotton mill and I'm sort of pushing my foot on him and mm. uh, and these we had all these little kids as extras. And they're right. aged between five, six, up until about 10, 11. And one of the younger ones took it all like it was real and started crying. Right. And we're like, oh my oh God. God. And we kind of were thinking, what well, is it also, but maybe, you know, something happened in their home. Because as soon as I started yelling, as long as I was talking, as yeah. I started shouting, this kid started crying. So I had to go up to him and I, and I actually went into some of my cartoon voices and... It was what chilled him out, thank God, because he was just so upset. And I had to go, it's all right. I'm not really this horrible person behind the moustache and the beard. I, I said, sometimes, sometimes I'm a French chef in Little Princess, huh? and I talk like this, you know? So I started to talk these little voices, and then he started laughing. And But in the end, we still had to kind of say, look, you go and stand over there, and then you can just yeah. watch, and you can see that, you know, I'm not really nasty. But yeah, that was um, that's what happened on Dodgers. So it's a godsend. It's a godsend yeah. that you can get into 
the minds of you know um i had yeah. a literally same thing with my my local pub in london and and the guy behind the bar said my daughter's a massive peppa pig fan i said well will she understand if she sees my face and just you just want the voice or just she want to see mm. me will that be confusing how old is she oh she's like about four and i and he said no 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 record it please so i then i managed to get an image of peppa pig on my macbook to sort of put that mm. on the screen and then did my voice before <laughs> she could see me then moved it out of the way and then went hello it's mr lion here and how are you today i know you love peppa pig and i just wanted to give you a little message so i did this whole thing he then recorded her watching me doing it right. and she was mesmerized and he said she just kept playing it over and over and then i met her <laughs> literally about a month ago in the flesh and i've been done this for six months ago i then met her um outside the pub with her dad and um she's now five six but she still could rent you still guy mouth wide open just go and it's wonderful <laughs> that you could just and i said well of course i had to talk to his mr lion i couldn't talk to his colin i was um, gonna say yeah <laughs> so but yeah it's it's a it's a joy to be able to do that so um you know i've done that for father it's christmas as well tool. yeah for the guys who the guys who do little princess also did father christmas for you know the mm. father christmas the famous cartoons done by the same yeah, yeah, yeah. artist and i did the voice for uh barber one year for some campaign and um and so someone asked me to do uh, the voices for for their children. So anyway, I did the same thing. And again, they recorded the little girl. And it's just great that they just literally, they just, you know, suspend the fact that they're seeing you. They're hearing that voice mm. that they recognize. And, and that's all there is. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I must yeah. let you go. It's been a joy talking to of you. Of course, Colin. Thank you for giving me your time today. I know we've been setting this up for a while. I really appreciate it, my, my friend. My pleasure. Really and I'll, I'll come back when I'm I, allowed to tell you about the things I wasn't allowed to tell you about. I was going to say, I'm going to be keeping a list of things that you can't tell me about yet. But yeah, I'll the computer gonna, game, the TV months. show, the movies. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what we're allowed to say about, but, but speak about. But at least I managed to share quite a few things today. So, um, Oh, without a doubt. Without so a doubt. there you go. All right. Colin, you're a gentleman. Thank you ever so much, my friend. Take care of yourself. Bless you. Alrighty, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop recording at my end. For those of you listening, we we do this the latest technology. <laughs> I'm recording at my end so I can get it in full 3D quality. And so this microphone is picking everything up, and I will now send this to Ronnie at the end of this session on We Transfer. There we go. All right, Ronnie. Recording. And I've stopped my recording now. I really wanted that last bit. Oh. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lincolnite Podcast. Remember to share, review, and subscribe. I've been Ronnie Byrne, and we'll catch you next time.